welcome. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to, to the greatest show on earth. <laughs> Barnum and Bailey presents. No, that's not great. It's us. Oh, wait. Oh. Us. We're the greatest show on earth. I'm sorry. I missed Do you see up. what I was going there? I do now. Okay. Sometimes we're on the same page and sometimes we're a few chapters away from each other. <laughs> this is episode 148. Mm, ain't it great? Mm-hmm. 148. And we wanted to talk about some things that have been like, you know, bumping around in our noggin. Yeah. About fame and celebrity and mental health mm-hmm. and all of that. I would say like some of the stuff that's been going on with the challenge recently on social media and like rumblings yeah. and rumors, it Crazy made us stuff. think maybe it was time to talk about that a bit more. Yeah. I oh mean, gosh, we talk about it, it a lot. Let's face it. Yeah, but people love talking about it. It's interesting. It's, it will, it's really interesting because I think a lot of us who are viewers have kind of grown up watching these people evolve or we see new people come on and we really are only given one view of that character as chosen by the production company and MTV and what they want to put on and everything. But as we all know, there's so much more behind every person and behind every character and so much more to the story. And you and I happen to hear a lot or get like these little bits of information about it that it's almost impossible not to share and it's like gives the people who already have a an interest in watching these people it like helps paint a picture of like okay maybe why did they get in that big fight on the show or you know like what is there something about Tony's behavior that we can almost like, kind of like unpack or explain or not to like excuse behavior, but we never really get the full story when you just watch the show. No, that's for sure. And I'm sure that the viewer knows that, Yes, but there's still a sense of like, but what was it really? I, I often, whenever people in like the brain candy crush or on some of the forums or Twitter or whatever, will be talking about the shows. Um, they there's a sense of just like what they they don't really know what goes on but they don't know how to mm-hmm. find out either right because who, who's to say because everyone's experience is totally different i was totally just gonna different. say that and i was gonna say if you ask one person it's gonna be totally different than if you ask another i've learned that really strongly from doing 15 minutes of blame <gasps> yes it's been fascinating what have you really like what do you think because you've interviewed a lot of people now all different all seasons. different seasons, all different yeah. times of uh, like history, yeah. times in history of the challenge yeah. and the the real world. And I'm wondering if you've seen any trends or anything that has stuck out that you can maybe compare old school versus new school. Yeah. So for starters, a lot of the people that did a one or two and back in the day and then moved on have really fond memories and feel really like lucky or that they were part of something really cool or interesting or a neat footnote in their life and culturally speaking. Then you have people like me who did a lot of them and then left at a certain time and will now have a bad taste in their Mm -hmm, mouth. mm -hmm. And then these new people, it's totally different because, okay, well, one example, I didn't even think I released the episode yet. Brittany, Nicole. Yeah, you have it. She was so positive. 
I mean, she loves everything about it. She thinks it's the best thing ever. Mm -hmm. She can't believe her good luck that she gets to go on it. Mm -hmm. Hope she goes a million more times. And I'm like thinking, is this just because she's just the type of person who thrives in that environment? Or has she not done enough to get jaded? Or has she gotten a good edit? I don't know what it is. But she's an example of someone for whom this has been pretty much all good. My theory with those individuals, because I was that person, don't, wouldn't you say yeah. if you interviewed me after my first four challenges, five challenges, yeah, I would ha- you'd be like, oh my God, that you're too positive about this. Right. <laughs> I think if you grew up in fire, you're used to the flames. Huh. I would bet, I don't know anything about her upbringing, right. anything about her background, uh-huh. but it would be, it would, I should say it would uh, match my hypothesis or like confirm my thoughts if Can you I think of other people that would be examples of that? Like If somebody was really used to, uh, really used to a chaotic environment and found comfort in being on the challenge. Yes, like who, would, who else would uh, that be? I could, and my feeling was kind of like John A., got a sense of family from it that maybe she hadn't felt. And it's also different now because now she's a mother, so I'm sure her attitude, her answer would be totally different now. Mm -hmm. But that was kind of my feeling. Um, Let me try to think of some others. But I don't know how she grew up. I do know she seemed to really thrive and enjoy. And I don't mean thrive in the sense that, like, healthy. Right. I mean thrive in the sense that, like, she seemed to, like, really love it. Chaos. See, she's one who Anissa? I didn't. I don't think. I, I wouldn't say it's quite the same. Okay. Anissa, I think, yes. Yeah, she is like fine with Because it all. I can see how I could see Paula still being frustrated. Like, she still had that whole, like, oh, yeah, oh, she did. Like, I can't believe we have to do. I'm talking about the people who are just like, yeah, happy to be. That's Anissa's, a good point. Anissa's one of them. Yeah, Anissa was one of them. Uh, I'm one of them. John A is one of them. Who are like, yeah, I'll, st- I'll whatever, I'll, whatever. I, I mean this, yeah, no problem. Okay, I'll eat this. I'll, <laughs> I mean, oh, I got a bet. Great, I got a bet. You know, I guess. and we're just like used to. I bet, I, but that's just one theory. That's my. That's based on the thing people I've seen and the people I the you know. I am going to have. But to I'm interested in that. I'm interested in seeing what the. Uh, or hearing more about what her childhood was like I'll, and if it was... I'll think about that and think of the examples that I know and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, our 15 Minutes of Blame is our podcast that where we interview mostly challenge people and stuff. And that's on patreon.com slash braincandy. If you join there, you can watch all of those and listen to them. Um, and they are... I find them to be very insightful. I mean, I'm biased because I'm the interviewer, but... Well, it's the first time you really get to see... Well, it's one of the only times you get to hear an interview that's unedited. Right. That's basically the, the kinds of interviews that similar stuff that they would talk about in a, well, a little deeper. The, the, in, a, in a, you know, challenge interview of like, hey, what happened here and what happened here? But now there's nobody editing it. Well, sorry, I keep hitting my mic. Yeah. The only time I edit is when they ask me to, because sometimes they have like buyer's remorse <laughs> and they'll email or text me later and be like, can you take out that part where I called so-and-so a slut or yeah. whatever? And uh, I will always take it out because... See, we're looking out for you. 
Yeah, yeah I mean, people. I have no interest in being like, gotcha. No, none at no. all. We it, really just, just want to give them a enjoy platform the to info. talk. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Yeah, so that... Okay, but... We're reading for our book club this month, uh, Julie Clam's book, The Stars in Our Eyes. And um, she is exploring celebrity and fame and our weird relationship with it as consumers and viewers and Mm -hmm. just the general public. And she does touch upon reality TV a bit and, you know, how that's a separate beast and how weird that whole thing is. Mm -hmm. But... She explores a lot of things that I think people deal with now because of social media. For example, when a celebrity dies, the uh, cyber mourning that goes yeah. on. Um, do you think that's a good... What do you think about that? I, uh, some, some, well, I guess it depends on who dies. Because if I don't have a connection, I'm like, ugh. Like, this seems yeah. like too much. But if it... Like, but when like, Carrie Fisher died, I was torn up. Oh, that's torn. Yeah, when Prince I didn't died. post anything about it, though. But I inside was like, dang, we lost yeah. a good one. I get it, though, because mm. art, whether you call music and movies art or they not, are. I do. Yeah. Um, these people change our lives. Yeah. And they change the way you move in the world, how you see the world. And so to, to write it off and dismiss it as sort of like, oh, you don't even know that person. You can't mourn their death. That's bogus to me. I agree. Mm-hmm. Like, and you can't, nobody can tell you what kind of relationship you had, their life played on you. Yeah. Like, you know. I mean, when anybody from the cast of Cheers dies, I will be wearing black for a month. Yeah, probably. <laughs> My mom cried when John Lennon was shot. She always tells oh. me about it. My mom said she bought, she was hysterical, unconsolable. Yeah, I can see why. Because he was more than just a celebrity. He was a representative. Oh, my God, I got chills. Of something revolution, right? Yes. Like something so much bigger than, oh, he sings and writes music. He was the ambassador of this message of peace and hope, and then someone blew him away. You know what I mean? So I get it. I mean, I don't have any in my head that were like that. Mm -hmm. Although Princess Di was yeah. up there. That was terrible. Because I, I, like so many young women, really, really like, thought we were, we would have been friends if we knew. Yeah. Like, I had one of those things. Like, <gasps> How me old and were Di, you? I was 18, I think. 17. Oh, you were definitely old enough to be. Yeah. And I yeah. remember feeling like, what a waste. Mm. You know what I mean? And the fact that the paparazzi were the essential murderers yeah can you believe <gasps> oh that think about that that totally do- yes like our well, I, mean, I know i can't believe it but our sort of collective desperation for these pictures and it's not like i can't point the finger this is something i consume as well our participation in that culture can lead to things like that My why do we want those pics man good friends 
with one of the first paparazzi, paparazzo, I guess, the reason why he's Italian, because that started that yeah. whole thing in Italy. And his name's Rino Barilati. And you can look at, he's one, and he used to be one of the paparazzi for Princess Diana and like follow him all around. And she would say that he had just the craziest stories. But then she said that he would tell about how it turned into something else. And yeah. how there wasn't that respect of their They weren't place. a human anymore. Yeah. It was frenzied. Fren- and Well, now it gets insane. I think about Justin Bieber. He just canceled his whole tour. And, you know, he went, like, I don't know. He didn't cancel his tour because of this. But, you know, he said he had to take time for God and all this stuff. But it was right after he ran over. Can you tell me what happened? Okay, so he was, I don't know which happened first, if his canceling the tour or this. But he was leaving church at night in a tr- in his big, huge, gigantic, lifted F million 50. <laughs> um, million. <laughs> and then so uh, he was like coming around the corner and hit a paparazzi, a paparazzi guy or like a camera guy I who was standing out. Uh, oh, pedestrian? I, uh, but he wasn't, a, he was one of the camera guys. He's like, under pretty much on top of the guy's hood and then i think he may have actually ran over his leg because you see the car like do a and then you know he's laying on the ground and justin bieber comes running over and is like is there anything i could do to help oh my god like what could we do you know like not like fleeing the scene or whatever but to me i'm like if you're standing in the if there are 20 people surrounding your car this guy's in the middle of the street it's at night. No, I know. Right. What is he supposed to do? I mean, that's what you, terrible. I'm not saying it's right to freaking hit somebody. Hey, you know, easy come, easy but, come. No, no, it's, it's a, it's a terrible situation. I know that I've heard celebrities who've been celebrities for a long time yeah. talk about how now that everyone has a camera on their phone, Everybody's it's changed the whole yeah. game right. and how, terrible that is when you want to go out with your kid and everyone wants a picture but then julie writes about that in her book about how like it's so easy for a celebrity now to be perceived as rude because absolutely everyone has a camera and it all it takes is for that celeb to be like oh i'm meeting with my uh, my son here or whatever and that person's gonna go tell 50 people that they saw harrison ford and harrison ford was an asshole i was at disneyland the other day yep and i was standing in line and I was in the middle of playing this game. I was playing... On your phone. Yeah, on yeah. the phone. Mm-hmm. Like, heads up or whatever with, like, all the kids. And I totally get it because, like, we're in one of those snaky lines. We were in line for Peter Pan, to be specific. Um, and this girl stopped me to take a picture. And I am, like, the... I'm always, like, yes! Oh, yeah. Let's do Sarah's it. Sarah's, like, begging people to I'm take pictures. I'm, like, we'll, we will tell I'm like, <laughs> wait, you want a picture? I'll take a picture. <laughs> Sarah and, from MTV's Real World Brooklyn. Yeah, anybody needs some pics? <laughs> I do not do that for the record, but if anybody wanted to, I'm more than willing. But she did it right in the middle of when it was my turn, and I was just giving the description for the question. So I stopped, and I gave her this look like like a deer in the headlights. Like, I didn't know what to do because there's a timer, like, and it's like hot potato, so it's like clicking out it. loud. Could you imagine me standing there of like trying to make a decision of like, do I describe, try to describe Costa Rica to my 15-year-old sister-in-law, or do I take... So I stopped and took the picture, but then I... the the. I felt like she didn't get the best meet. You know, I was like interrupted in the middle of my game, so I kind of gave her like a, a okay because it caught me off guard, and, and I felt 
guilty for the rest of the day about not giving her. Well, and we're not, especially me, but nobody in reality TV is famous no. enough to be able to be like, no, I no, can't. No, I'm not at all. Right? So you, you have to be like doubly nice because yes. if you're not, it's like, uh, you're on a friggin' reality show. Sit down. When people are like, do you hate when people come up and talk to you? I'm always like, well, I kind of sold my soul to reality television, so it's to be expected and I don't really care. Yeah. I like it. What else? Well, and as I've watched when we've been out, people are really nice to you. Yes, they are. Because you're a nice... Maybe they're nice to the villains, too. I don't know. Yeah. But they're so excited to say yeah, hello. they're so nice. Nobody's ever said anything to never, in front I've of never me. Gotten it. I've never had yeah. anything mean. That's lucky. Don't, like, take this as an excuse to go say mean things no. about me, people, but when you really run into lucky. me. But it's really lucky. They'll do it on Twitter because they're anonymous cowards, but yeah. they won't do it in person. <laughs> yeah, so that's true. That's Everybody's cool. so nice to me in person. You know what else is nice? What? BioClarity. Bo- Seuss, look at my skin. I'm not wearing any makeup. That actually makes me sad. I have a little bit of concealer under my eyes right now, but besides that, I'm like, and then I put on some bronzer, but like no real, <laughs> but no like makeup that con- covers up zits. None of those. Cause I don't need them. Yeah. I had two big ones growing and I just really? grew my, uh, 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 you know, cause I, I started, I changed my medication and I find when sometimes little oh, lifestyle right. changes can absolutely can make, you break, make you break out if you start taking new multivitamin, what ifs. So I got two little bumps. I put my. You did the three steppers. Do, 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 finished it off with my Floralux amazingness. Two days. You look amazing. I mean, no even need for makeup. I actually hate that about you, but it's true. Well, it's about clarity, so what else? <laughs> if you don't know yet, which I'm sure if you're a brainiac, you do, but. BioClarity is our jam. It's a three-step acne wash, and it doesn't have the harsh chemicals that makes your skin all red and terrible, and it's effective and magical. I think it's magical. It is. And I really love it. Well, then how else can you explain these being gone right there in two days? Just magic or something, probably science, but you know. If you want to give it a try, go to BioClarity.com, and you'll get your first month for $9.95 plus free shipping, which is a $20 savings. And, um, yeah, they guarantee it. So why not try it? That's what I say. And you gave it to your, uh, sister-in-law? I should have done a, I will do act. I just get her to do a video. What do you call those? Testimonial. Testimonial. Because she came over and she was coming from the airplane. So, you know, how gross you are when you fly across the country and blah, blah, blah. Um, so she's like, oh yeah, I got these breakouts on my forehead. I was like, hang on a sec. And then we put it on, and she woke up. This was, like, unsolicited. I didn't tell her, like, oh, this is, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. I just put it on her, and... Or she put it on. She's a grown-ass woman. Oh, my God. And, uh... <laughs> I can see you doing then, it. Then, right, I would be like, come here! And then <laughs> she, she woke up, and she was like, man, that stuff you gave me was great. Look, I have no bumps. See? And I was like, oh, my God, can you say that into the camera? Record yourself. <laughs> That's funny. It did. I was just like It that. really does work. So give it a try and uh, use that code brain candy when you check out. Or like don't, whatevs. We don't care. I mean, no, I care. I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, okay. So I wanted to, I don't want to exploit anybody in particular that was on the challenge, but oh. obviously there's been the rumors about some trouble in paradise yes. in terms of um, champs versus pros yeah. filming. I am so glad I did not go. Yeah, right? Suze, I am so happy. Well, because we've heard a lot of stuff. I mean, the big one that people mention is Camilla having a really tough time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she posted about it as well, so it's public mm-hmm. information. But, I mean, 
other people too, yeah. physically and emotionally. And yeah. it's like they had remember they emailed Sarah. So, so we were trying to get um, VMA tickets, and <laughs> this is the best slash worst story. It's the best. They also write back worst. MTV. All snippety dippity, being like, "Oh, Sarah, sorry, but as you know, our policy: we only give tickets to on-air talent. Too bad you didn't do Champs versus Pros, huh?" And um, Sarah, by the way, I've done seven seasons. I've gone exactly once. So there's no policy. There is right. no I've policy. I've also done ten seasons. I've only gone once. And the one time I did go, I had to win them on camera. Oh my god! So, so it's not a policy. It's, it's whoever not. they would like to. Yeah. Have represent, represent the them show. on the red carpet. Right. And they were like, not you, Sarah. Sit down. Yeah. So anyway, uh, the fact that they they even said in the email, it was going to be a nice, quick shoot for you. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's only a three-week shoot or something, mm-hmm. and you wouldn't have had to take time off of school and mm-hmm. stuff. They they always pitch it like, it's no big deal. It's like whoop. nothing. No Meanwhile, deal. I hear people are breaking bones. Right. Locking themselves in rooms mm-hmm. and wanting to end it all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, but... It's not that simple. No, it's not. It's not like a oh, we just you just have phones this time, so it's totally going to be the same or you, different. And like we've talked on different episodes about like celebrities who've had breakdowns mm-hmm. and like the Britney Spears one was probably mm. the most famous example. Yes. Um and oh, like in the book she talks about child stars and how the ones that do well and sort of you know, like maybe a Dakota Fanning, for example, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. people look at them and say, like, how come you're not effed up? Like, there's this almost oh, like, yes, if you turn out OK, people are shocked. Yeah. Like what? What's happened? Yeah. yeah and and just how I think you were talking about how maybe maybe it was it you about how, like, basically you need a good family. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's about resiliency. And what do you have in place? What? Uh, um yeah, like what do you what things What's do you cooking have? beyond that? Mm-hmm. And then when you look at like she mentions in the book, do you remember the the Corys, Corey Heyman, yeah, Corey of Feldman? I mean, Corey Feldman's still around, and you can oh see the God. the repercussions there. Oh my God! Did you watch when he did? You didn't, did you? You would have me have the same reaction. What when Corey? It is Corey Feldman, right? Mm-hmm. Who when he has his band and he performed oh, I've seen it. on the, t- wherever it was, it Today was Show. Or- pretty amazing. <laughs> I and have he is never not felt more kidding. pain. Wa- I know. That's the thing. And then there was one guy who was on a TV show with him who was like, I support you, buddy. Like, I'm just glad you're doing something or whatever. Or like, if this is what you want to do. Yeah. Because everybody else was teasing him. Oh. Could you imagine? Cor- oh my God. I would, like, put the guy on a suicide watch. Well, so in the book, she talks about how... So Corey Haim is dead, right? I know. And Corey Feldman is alive, but they... She talks in the book about how the Corys were... Everyone in Hollywood knew they were basically passed around from pedophile to pedophile <gasps> predator. No, no kidding. No kidding. No! Yeah. You know what? And he talks he about it. He does have a little... He, oh, my God. Oh, it makes so much... Everything... Come close and you know to what? the mic. We're oh on a God, show Oh, my God. I know. I'm freaking out. And I'm, like, moving... <laughs> I'm, like, sinking in my chair and, like, because I'm, like, having all these... There is something about being trapped in a, ju- a very juvenile state that I see Corey Feldman as being. And absolutely that is because of that. Oh, my God. I can't... I, I, I have that book in my bag to read on my trip this weekend and this will be the first book club where I've actually read both books. Oh my yeah. god. 
I'm so excited to read sorry. this. This it's is such a good book. insane, Susie. Yeah. I, How come nobody ever talked about that? I recommend this because we I'm are sick. all people who love. So everyone loves celebrities, movies, artists, whatever. It's fun. Yeah. But there's so many different aspects that maybe you don't think about. And Julie does such a good job of talking about it without condemning anybody for mm-hmm. enjoying it. She's a celebrity lover herself and right. whatever. And I think it's such a great look. And I I saw a tweet from her, though, talking about how it's hard to promote her book right now because the oh. political climate's like freaking Nazis and whatever else is going on. She's like, hey, I have this book about celebrities. (laughs) But it's a great break from that. Yes. So I asked her to come on the show and she said yes. And I'm so excited to talk to her because I just want to like unpack some of these issues about the toll celebrity takes, why we look at them to like, why are we aspirational Mm -hmm. about celebrity? I did a poll on our Brain Candy Twitter how many people want have wanted at some point to be famous, and over half of them said that they did. Yeah, there, this is, and I thought that was low. I think actually. I think it might even be more. Yeah, like, and I bet if you do a follow up one, how many people would love a dream? Like their dream job would be to be a famous person's assistant. Ooh, I bet you get a larger percentage Why? Why? of people because it's that thing of being close to somebody who's idolized, but not having all of the negative thing where like you're not exposed yourself, but it's like, I bet you would have a response of about 72%. We should do, I'm going to do it. Do it like today. And then we can find out what the, cause it'll post before this episode does. Yeah. And we'll be able to see if it's 72%. If it is, that'll be crazy. Um, yeah, so we we have Julie coming on, and you should definitely listen to that interview. Um, what the other thing you should do is, if you are a guy or gal who is planning a wedding, and you are, you know how you have to do the registry. I sure do. Okay, well, this Zola is a solution to the chaos and and sanity that can be registering registering for a big event like that, and. Because sometimes it seems like such a fun thing. Like you get to pick out your gifts. Right. And to me, they make it fun because it was like, you know, what do you want? Do you want a big thing? And people can go together. This is my best. This is my favorite feature. Right. It's like crowdsourcing, like a really big present that like nobody's going to buy that bar cart that Landon wanted or like the grill. Freaking barbecue. Is that what it is? $6,000 barbecue. barbecue. And he's wondering why nobody got him that. Well, I I know, honey. (laughs) Zola is fun and free and easy and has everything you want. You can get everyone to contribute to your honeymoon, or you can get the KitchenAid mixer, whatever you want. They have a free suite of wedding wedding planning tools included in in the registry. Wedding websites, a checklist, guest list manager. Oh, wedding website. It's your one-stop shop. Yeah. If you're going to get married. Yes. So you should try it out. Zola is offering special treat to our listeners. Go to Zola.com slash brain candy. Use Zola as your registry and they'll gift you 50 bucks what? Whoa. towards anything you want in their store and they carry everything. So, so you'll you find, yeah. Don't get the registry thing you want. You're like, don't worry, I got it. Again, that's Zola.com slash brain candy. I'll put that in the newsletter so that you are sure to have it. It is so fun if you're planning a party, a wedding, whatever. All right, let's welcome to the show the intriguing 
the successful, the magnificent Julie Clam. This is such a fun book. Maybe my favorite in ages because it was so, I felt a kinship with you. And I'm sure every, mm-hmm. every reader probably, that's such a compliment because mm-hmm. you make the reader feel like we're friends. How do you well, do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I really am friends with everyone. Um, I think that, I think that I talk about the way that I feel and it's a lot of people also feel that way. And especially I think with the whole celebrity world, um, if you ever have an opportunity to actually meet and talk to celebrities, um, Mm. you, you can't help but feel like the fan you were when you were 12 years old. And so there's that, I think that's a universal feeling. Well, and I loved how I kind of feel like your book is the Jennifer Aniston of books. <laughs> because it's, That's the best compliment ever. Because <laughs> it's so relatable, but mm-hmm. it's also, there's depth and, mm. you know, there's just the experience and, that we And it has are. beautiful, shiny hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's perfect in every way, essentially, yet humble. I, I want to know how you're feeling about Jen lately. Are you still in love? Well, I sort of like, uh, I felt uh, there was a point where she was sort of, uh, she actually wrote a Huffington Post blog about kind of back off from, from everybody speculating about me. And I sort of felt like I was, I wanted to give her some room. So, you know, I wrote an entire chapter in my book about her, (laughs) but I, um, I, I think I don't, I don't have that same obsession. I, um, you know, I still always like to see what she's doing and saying, but, um, it was when I was a little bit younger. Um, I, I, I couldn't, I mean, five years younger. Um, <laughs> I, 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 and when she was on friends, I just loved her because she was like self-deprecating and sort of, even though she was the star of a TV show, her character was sort of a failing ish person, you know, right. which I related to, um, but, uh, and I'm really happy. She's happy now. You know, she's, I, I don't, she's not on social media. Justin Thoreau is every so often you see a little of her in one of his things, but she's pretty much like, I think she wants to be left alone and I'm, I'm going to try to be the one to do that. You're respecting her wishes. (laughs) You know how every time a celebrity goes through anything, they say, we want people to respect our privacy and, um, we need time to be alone and, I, every time they say that, I'm like, I, I just want one to come out and say, now everyone <laughs> camp out on our lawn with the cameras and ask us anything. We could use you some attention during this dark time. <laughs> <laughs> and some of them you're like, wait, does anybody even know who you are? You know, uh, or, uh, but anyway, but I, the, it, it's, it's good to ask. <laughs> I find that one of the themes sort of in the book is, is this underlying weirdness where, we all sort of want to be famous or, mm-hmm. or experience that or get attention in that way. But then inevitably, if you get too much, then there's this feeling of the world is, you know, right. caving in on you. And that's yeah. such a strange thing. What did you learn about that during writing this book? Well, I think, you know, I, I've always, I mean, living in New York City, I feel like I have, um, a lot of empathy for people who are just trying to live their life and not be bothered. I mean, I recently um, was walking home from the gym and Samantha B was walking with her kids and, you know, she doesn't, 
she clearly didn't want me coming up and saying, I love your show, you're great, you know. She just wanted to have her own thing with her kids. And they're almost like there's that, like, a Jedi mind trick that some of them do. Like, you're not seeing Samantha Bee walking by you on your way home from the team. But, um, <laughs> so I, I, I've always sort of had that awareness. Or you see, like, somebody in a situation like that. But there are people that feel like celebrities are like, um, you know, we pay taxes, you know, in England, they pay taxes for the king and queen that we sort of own them. And, you know, you decided to be famous, so you should be available to take a selfie with me or whatever. And I think something that's important to remember is that celebrities are never trained for these things. They're, They're trained in, you know, acting and movement and voice and whatever else, but it's nothing to do with what things that they have to handle. And, you know, publicists can be helpful, but they can't be there all the time. And, you know, most of them don't monitor the person's Twitter, Instagram. Um, I had a lot of, um, you know, the people that I talked to were, you know, some of them were very famous. Some of them were just people who had been around very famous people. And, you can, you know, I mean, Griffin Dunn talking about being around uh, Carrie Fisher when she was exploding with Star Wars or doing a movie with Madonna. And he's like, I would be bonkers. Or Timothy Hutton, you know, talked about when Tom Cruise came to see him in a play and he couldn't come back to say hi after. And he said halfway through the play, the whole audience was turned around looking at Tom Cruise in the audience. So you think like, you know, you'd like to be able to, and he said, you know, people are like, well, if you don't want that, don't go out. And he said, why can't we go out? Why shouldn't we be allowed to go out? Yeah. Which is true. I, I, I had a lot of, a lot of empathy for that. And especially the speculating of what's going on with people and, you know, their breakups or pregnancies or things like that, where, I mean, you see pictures of Jennifer Addison on the cover of a magazine and it's like, it could be the middle of a sneeze, but they're like, she's breaking down because her marriage is falling apart or she lost her hundredth baby, you know, or whatever the thing is. So I have a lot of empathy for them and more so after this where it's like, you know, they're just trying to do a job. And unfortunately, if your job is being something in the spotlight, the only way to be successful is to be famous. You can't be a super successful actor that no one's ever heard of, you know? Right. And (laughs) I mean, I think I saw a tweet that you put up maybe a week or two ago about how, you know, you have a book out, so you have to promote it and do interviews like this, but there's like North Korea and Klansmen and whatever. And how odd it is to talk about celebrity, but i kind of feel like it's more important than ever because the reason this guy is in office for better or for worse, depending on your position, absolutely, is absolutely. because he was a celebrity, mm-hmm. is a celebrity. Right. And it, I think it's incumbent on everybody who is part of this planet to understand why he got there with that. Um, you know, there is that aspect. I also think that it's acceptable for people to escape from, uh, you know, the polarized caps falling into the ocean with a in style magazine and somebody on the red carpet, you know, that, that is an escape for a lot of people. Yeah. Self included. Yeah, for sure. So it's this thing that can soothe us, mm-hmm. but then if left unchecked, yeah. we can put people on these pedestals that can lead right. to a, a, enormous power for them. 
exactly. And, and it starts to be where you, you don't really, it, you know, people think that being famous is a qualification for something like being president of the United States, which just isn't. I mean, the last president we had was a law scholar and senator uh, who actually knew about things. Um, <sighs> I know, right? <laughs> and this one, I don't think he even reads what he says. And the, you know, I can't help, obviously I'm not a celebrity, but I was on television mm. and uh, feel such a distaste for the reality TV culture now at this point uh-huh. in my life and having been a part of it and watched as it changed over time. And I'm just curious, because um, you touch upon this idea in your book about what what's a qualification even for being famous? Cause mm-hmm. it used to be that people at least had to have a, a talent, talent. Mm-hmm. and now singing no, not acting. So much. now it's, yeah, now it's a, it's a, a lack of shame <laughs> that can be enough of a thing to make you a celebrity. Right. I mean, it's, you know, um, I, you know, sort of mock the Kardashians, but they're amazing business people. I, I, I could never, if I had, you know, was willing to bear, you know, every, inch of myself I couldn't figure out how to make as much money as they do um and clearly people are interested in it and I think it's this you know with the you know I mean there's the there were the sort of um the reality shows that are sort of uh sporting games and then there are these ones that are just you know the housewives who are you know getting drunk and and throwing their families under the buses (laughs) for ratings so you know and I kind of always feel like everything, the line for everything is, is kids, you know, not having, I mean, the, they're one of the real housewives was talking about her daughter was going to fat camp. Her like teenage daughter was going to fat camp. And you're like, what, what, wow. I mean, that if I, if I was that kid, no, right. I, I, I think I would throw myself and, and, and she lives in New York city and goes to a big New York city school. So, you know, it, you know, and I'm just. They, they, they shouldn't be allowed, <laughs> but there you have it. There are people think, who are tuning in. <laughs> like, do you think what drives that sort of willingness to commodify everything about your life or it, in order to get fame, do you think that it is rooted in just a desire for every human to be seen or what? Well, I think what, I think the fame thing, I mean, people sort of think that, that, you know, fame and money go together. And we know that there are a lot of very famous people who are broke. Um, and you know, there's this idea that if you're famous, you know, you have a staff and a, and, and a glamorous life and people doing your hair and makeup and, and giving you Calvin Klein dresses and whatever. Um, I think that people still feel that way. And, you know, some, I, I have friends that are very famous and if you Google their names, one of the, things that automatically pops up is net worth. And it's always insanely wrong, has nothing to do with anything reality. You know, they laugh at it. You know, there, there are many of them are just like working people like everybody else. Um, and you know, with some more money and some have much more money. They also have a lot more people who have their hands in their pie. Right. (laughs) Yeah. But we just want to know too, like we want to know the value of that person. Right. Right, exactly. And if they're rich, we should be able to, you know, peer into their, you know, shopping carts. Yeah. 
That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Do you have, um, whenever you have a, a famous person that you enjoy, be it Jennifer Aniston or whoever, mm-hmm. do you at this point in your life still think that you should be best friends or do you just think of them as just some entertainment? I feel like when you read about what celebrities do and when you see what they do, they work a million hours really, really hard. Um, like my friends, they don't work that hard. There's plenty of time for us to hang out and get cocktails. All of it sounds like it would be very stressful to me. And, you know, the, and, the, and it's also like a different, I mean, I, there was one celebrity who um, somebody in my book was, was best friends with who was, um, she was the, was the celebrity that everybody wanted to be friends with. And she was friends with her for a little while. And she said, all she, all she ever wanted to do was lay in bed and like watch TV. You know, it's like you, you pick your friends because you have things in common and you do things together and you can go places together. You know, in, in Manhattan, I have had a lot of celebrity parents at our school and it's like the, 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 the kids, everything is sort of out of whack when they're around and, and other parents act weird and, and, you know, put, make their kids act weird. And I think I'm happy with my, um, my regular friends. <laughs> Whenever you started the book and you're beginning this process and you'd kind of have a sense for what you want to say, and then you finish it, do, did anything you feel about all of this change? Did any opinions change or? Oh, y- Definitely. Um, you know, even the, I just, I think that anything that anybody does that they love to do, once it becomes what they have to do for work, it's changed. And in the same way that if I write a book, it's, you know, something that I want to write, but if it doesn't sell enough copies, then it's not a success. And you know, these people will work on a film for two years and then publicized it like crazy and go on TV and do all this. And it's like out of the movie theater into, you know, a weekend. I think everything, everything seems so much harder to me. One, um, one actor I was talking to was, was working on a TV show and we were supposed to talk on the phone and he, um, had, uh, he had like a 16 hour shoot, like three days in a row and he had the flu. And I was thinking, God, you know, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't have a job that I can't call in sick for. And I know that there are people that do really hard jobs that are even harder than <laughs> acting, but, but there was a lot of it where I was just like, this is, you know, it's like I, my idea of being, of what I would want to be a celebrity is like red carpet, um, you know, uh, you know, get the, the trappings, but not any of the actual work. And, um, in fact, I was on the tonight show a few weeks ago and the, 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 the way you are treated, you know, getting they, you know, the people with walkie talkies taking you from one place, you, you know, you've been through it coming into your dressing room with a, 
you know, this incredible spread of things, even though you're too nervous to even look at it. (laughs) Usually, you know, the people with you are comfortable enough to eat everything. Um, And the whole thing of like, you know, it's nice to be treated that way. I mean, it's amazing, but you know, that's like one, you know, one thousandth of what they're actually doing. So I think I had less of a desire to do that. And it's very funny because my dad is very theatrical. And when he retired, he wanted to be in a community theater and he went and auditioned and he got the part and they were like, well, there, so the, um, rehearsals are, you know, four nights a week. And he was like, nah, I quit. (laughs) (laughs) That's not not what I wanted to do. (laughs) Yeah. That's like right on my slacker dad. (laughs) (laughs) Theatrical, but no work work ethic. No, 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 no. No, That's a lot though for community theater. I know they take, they tend to take themselves more seriously than the Broadway folks. (laughs) Um. (laughs) I admire that. I mean, God Mm -hmm. bless them. I wouldn't do it either. Your dad had the right idea. (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel, cause I feel resentful because I was on these stupid shows because that that's one thing I will say about reality is for most of us, we get all the bad stuff where like our our business is public and people feel like they know us when they don't and they talk about our bodies and mm-hmm. criticize us, but we don't get a lot of money at all right. and right. we don't get, you know, the red carpet fun right. stuff. So there is this feeling of like all these people are getting rich off of these poor souls that, right. you know, go on these terrible shows. Right, right, right. So, I mean, I at least... There is a a good side to celebrity where they can get cool clothes and sort of accolades mm-hmm. along and, with the band. And, you know, um, hopefully uh, one of the things that's good about being a celebrity is that you have this platform where you can talk about things that you care about and people listen. I mean, um, you know, I, ta- um, I interviewed Ari Dickey, who used to be on the Mets and now he's on Toronto and he said, nobody would listen to me with, you know, my about anything if I didn't have this. And I can bring attention to these causes. And he's like a really good guy who is involved with a million charities. And he's just like, that's what I'm doing it for. You know, I mean, he loves baseball and everything, but the celebrity part, that's what it's good for. And, you know, and that is really nice. You can bring attention to things that that you care a lot about. Right. You know. And and nice clothes. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that's what you do such a good job of in your book is describing a lot of different angles to this thing that we all sort of take for granted, which is that, Mm -hmm. you know, people are celebrities, but you sort of unpack what all that is. Right. I mean, I went through a divorce in private because nobody cares who I am or what I was doing or if my kid was having a temper tantrum. And I watched people like Jennifer Garner or um, yeah. Katie Holmes, you know, Kate, there was there was this picture on on one of the New York papers of Katie Holmes with Suri, and Suri is having a complete meltdown because she wanted an ice cream cone before dinner, and everybody knew about that. And I was thinking, how many times has that happened to me? A million? Did anybody <laughs> look at me or take a picture and put it on the paper? No. Yeah. You know, and all of that kind of thing, and you think like, you know, those are the things where you think really. It would, it would be, that would be hell. Yeah. I, I think that everyone will benefit from reading your book. Our book club is reading it this month and I, I am so excited for this week to hear their feedback about it because I think a lot of people will be hearing things they already knew in the back of their mind or subconsciously, Mm -hmm. but you're sort of 
sharing the consequences of it. And now we know also with the Trump oh, thing, yes. the consequences of right. celebrity Be worship. Very careful about who you give a TV show to. <laughs> what? Oh, we ask everyone one last thing. Mm-hmm. What do you keep in the trunk of your car? Are you in New York? You don't have a car. Yeah, I don't have a car. Um, you New Yorkers uh, always ruin this game for us. I, I know. <laughs> can, something else? Can Yeah, uh, what, like what a backpack in? or if you like carry know. a bag or... Um, like, what are your essentials? Okay. Uh, I have, uh, I have the one tote bag that I take with me everywhere and I have earbuds because I work out and I, oh. and I have, um, uh, I have these new earbuds that hook around your ears because I used to use the other ones, but I was sweat, I would sweat so much that they, they would fall out. No. <laughs> I work out really hard. Um, and so my boyfriend got me these that hook on my ears. Um, and I have, um, a million chapsticks everywhere I go. What There's, flavor? Um, I like the the black uh, old that has no flavor. The original. It, it reminds me of like ice skating when I was, you know, 10. <laughs> um, I always have Advil and, um, and, and, and I try to keep like 20 bucks in yeah. case, you know, you never the know. world ends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still hung up on your, like, I don't think I've ever. In Sorry, my dog life, barking. <laughs> that's okay. I don't think I've ever in my life worked out enough that would like I I can never <laughs> sweat, but not because I'm not a sweater, just because I don't right. work out. That sounds oh, well, terrible. You know, I think I'm probably like 30 years older than you, and you re- <laughs> and I I have to do a lot more than than you. Would do you have like to. it? Um, I actually do. I have. It's like I I have an anxiety disorder and mostly it's fine. If I don't work out though, I am horrible to be around. So so it helps you. Yeah. And I go to the gym and I listen to my, I put, I have like, you know, 2,500 songs on my phone and I do them on shuffle and actually now share an iTunes account with my daughter. So a lot of songs come up and I'm like, ah, (laughs) (laughs) it's that. Um, but, but yeah. Dang. Yeah. Well, good for you. I, I, I like to do it. In fact, I'm having foot surgery in November and I'm in a panic because I can't work out for six weeks. I think I'm going to like, you know, I think I'll start drinking or shooting up or something. That's the right thing to do. (laughs) Um, Oh, one more thing. I was wondering if you had somebody like that was your dream celebrity interview. I know you really enjoyed talking to that baseball guy. Yeah, I did. I honestly, I think at the moment I would love to talk to Barack Obama. Oh, that's um, nice. I would love to like, I mean, I feel like he's like Obi-Wan Kenobi now. Yeah. You know, I would like to get some information from him and, and help and maybe kidnap him. <laughs> um, but in, 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 as far as like, um, you know, the, 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 the celebrities that I knew in my life that I met in my life were amazing. One of my favorites, Nora Ephron, she was as funny and charming and wonderful in person as she was, you know, in, in, in interviews. Um, but there's nobody right now, except I think of like smart political people that yeah. I want to That's because that's to. what's in your noggin right now. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah it is. You it know what? There, there's so I'm, many things too, like about your book that I didn't even get to like cyber morning is such a fascinating mm-hmm. concept. And and also you talk about how like when people meet celebrities how how little it takes for them to be classified as an asshole. 
<laughs> exactly. That's so and interesting. It, right, right. Oh, I know. And, and you know, and they can be nice 99% of the time. And one time they say, hey, I'm in the middle of this conversation here. And the person, that story gets multiplied everywhere. And you know, and I know, things you hear about certain stars, some people who are supposed to be really nice and people who are supposed to be jerks. Yeah. And, um, and that's where they come from. And then sometimes you find out that somebody isn't so much of a jerk. Though, you know, I think a lot of times rumors are true. But, <laughs> I mean, you know, not, maybe not the Richard Gere uh, gerbil rumor, but yeah, a, a lot of rumors. I don't think that one. But I, uh, a lot of times you hear stories enough or if you hear from the crew of a show, you get to a better sense of like what a person is really like. But, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's, it can, it's, it's pretty lethal. I mean, that's, it's pretty awful. And with, with social media, you yeah. know, somebody can tweet something, it could be retweeted, you know, 2000 times or a picture of somebody doing something, or, you know, there was that Amy Schumer, she wouldn't take a selfie with somebody and, she, and that story blew up. And I think it ended up, people were on her side, but yeah, because yeah. that guy was a—he was a dick. He totally was a dick, yeah. and and luckily it was on camera, and you could see that. Yeah, that's the thing. This is so interesting. People have to read the book because there's so many different facets of the of the uh, concept that we didn't even get to. So just read the dang book. Yeah. It's so great. Read just read it, Julie. I <laughs> congratulate you. And thank you so much. And you, I'm so happy we finally met. I know. Thanks for being my friend. Yeah, come, come to New York and we'll go have fun. We'll go stock celebrities. Yeah. <laughs> we'll ride the bus that ta- that takes us to their homes. Thank you also for coming right. on the Brain Candy Podcast because everyone's going to love you. Oh, I love it. I love your podcast. And my, my one of my publicists was out, out over the moon when she heard because she's a huge oh, fan of, of so nice. yours and the show yes oh that's really kind well yeah. we're happy to to share because it's a wonderful book people are gonna love it and good luck thank you on all your next million books and yes bestsellers <laughs> thank Thanks, you so Julie. much Have a good all day. right you too Bye-bye. bye look around you can find cars like these on auto trader like that car riding your tail or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.